This is the podcast by the Straits Times. Now it's time for our regular sports uh, segment, Game of uh, Two Halves, where I host the sports uh, podcasts uh, from the Straits Times every Monday, right about 5.15. Well, I'm Bernard Lehman. With me, our assistant sports editor, Rohit uh, Bridgenath, and uh, sports reporter, Kimberly Quack. Hi, guys. Welcome to the show once again. Hi, Hi, nice to be there. Good to hear you back again, uh, Rohit. Well, there's been some dramatic news early this morning with the International Olympic Committee and uh, Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe admitting openly that the postponement of the Tokyo Games is now under consideration. The organisers are planning for various uh, scenarios. Now, this was also followed by news that Canada would uh, boycott the Games if the event uh, did go on in July. And that Australia has told its athletes to kind of prepare for the Olympics in 2021. Uh, Rohit, was this development inevitable? I mean, after all, you had called for the Games to be postponed last week in your article, I believe. Yeah, I mean, I think it's inevitable. I think uh, the IOC has been a bit slow. I think it's been a bit frustrating. Uh, I mean, obviously, the, you know, the Olympics is an incredibly cumbersome thing, more difficult than any other. It's not like cancelling the French Open tennis. It's, it's more complicated than that. But I think that, you know, you, you could see the rising tide of opinion, you know, U.S. Athletics Federation, U.S. Swimming, and the Canadians came out, the French athletics, you know, everybody, everybody's saying that it's not a good idea. And there, there was an interesting poll in the New York Times uh, uh, by a group called the Athletics Association. And they polled about 4,000 track and field athletes from six continents and 78% said the summer games should be postponed. I think that there are two clear reasons, which I think are very good reasons for it to be postponed. One, of course, is just the health factor that, you know, do, should people, we don't know what it's going to be like by end of July, August, but should people be traveling? Will everybody be allowed to travel? Mm-hmm. Is it going to be sensible to have so many people uh, coming into one city at one time? At the moment, obviously, it doesn't seem like a very good idea. Mm-hmm. The second point, of course, is that it's very, very difficult for athletes at the moment because, look, it's hard enough trying to get to the Olympics or do well at the Olympics, but if your if your whole training schedule is so stressful because, firstly, you don't know if I go out and I'm going to catch something you know, and you, you don't know if your pool is closed. A lot of colleges are shut down where people are training. People cannot get to tracks. You cannot do strength training because you cannot go to gym. So basically, I think one of the things you have to consider is that sport generally is an unfair place. It is. You know, some countries have better facilities. Some countries have better sports science. Just a way of life. But this right now is an incredibly uneven playing field. I mean, how would Italians, you know, who are suffering so terribly at the moment, how would Italians go out and train? It doesn't even make sense. So basically, I think in this sort of scenario, you know, postponing the Olympics, nobody wants it to be cancelled, but postponing it is like the only thing you can do. Mm-hmm. I think your second point is very valid as well, Rohit, because a lot of people talked about how the, the headache with the organisers, etc. But I think the athletes, nobody pay attention to the athletes. I think they, they've been working hard and uh, for them to, to feel that there's inconvenience to go out to train right now. I mean, if it's going to be in July, it's like a three months away. It's going to be very, very hard, a, a tough pressure for all of them. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, like, for example, there are many countries in which, you know, people don't have the greatest facilities, you know, there are people who might have to take a bus ride a long way to get to a track to train. Would those buses still be running? Should you be in a crowded bus with people? You know, is it, you know should you be in changing rooms? 
you know, people are saying there should be social distance. How exactly does a rugby team or a football team <laughs> practice social distance? You know, so so you know, and these are these these are very important things at the moment. You mm-hmm. know, they, they they cannot be discounted. Mm-hmm. And obviously, we know that uh, we don't take away the 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 inconvenience uh, to the organisers. So, so can you outline for us what will be the biggest uh, challenges in this case uh, for for the games organisers if it's postponed? Look, Look, as as much as I say that you know it's inevitable, I I also feel terribly for the Japanese because it's going to be such an incredible uh, inconvenience. It's going to be logistically absolutely a nightmare because all the hotels, all the flights, all the planning, you've got to redo it all over again. You know the suppliers, the amount of money that's going to be lost. Then another thing you have to consider is that next year. In July, August is the World Swimming Championships. Next mm-hmm. year, in August, is the Athletics World Championships. So they're going to have to shift the calendar a lot, which is very difficult to do. And then, of course, which I think is again, this is from the athletes' point of view, and also for the organizers, is qualification. Mm. What do you know about qualification? So apparently, 50% of the places available for the 2020 games have already been taken. 43% of of places are still left. That means there's still qualification to happen. So will athletes who qualified already still be qualified for next year? You know, will they do the will they redo the whole qualification process again? It's going to be very very tricky, and of course, in some way, it's going to be unfair to some people for mm. sure. Mm-hmm. And of course, we mentioned athletes. I mean, of course, uh, we know that some athletes will will welcome the news of a postponement. Uh, would some athletes uh, also have concerns as well as you mentioned? Uh, after all, twelve burns would sometimes mean a, a games uh, a comes a bit too late for an athlete at the end of uh, of their career. I can't agree more. I mean, this is going to be you know a painful decision which is being forced upon them by circumstance, and it, it is going to hurt people because. There are going to be athletes, for example, who are at their absolute peak right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so you, you're going to say, can you still maintain that peak for another 20, 12 months? You know, can you maintain, you know, there are athletes who are perfectly healthy, healthy who have just recovered from injury. You know, will you get injured again? You know, it, 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 there's so many imponderables. You're just trying to set your whole life to get ready for a very particular time. And now you're going to renegotiate that whole thing. I mean, you may have a coach who is hired only for a particular point of time and, you know, may not renew his contract now. So, I mean, they're, they're going to be, it's going to be, obviously, we'll never know this, of course, but there will be, of course, a situation where some athletes who would have won this year will not win next year. Mm-hmm. We won't know who, but obviously that is what is going to happen because life is never going to be the same term as <laughs> well, Rohit Bridgenath, thank you very much. Wonderful comments there. Okay, you hang in there for a while. If, if you like the Straits Times, a game of two halves, you can listen to us live on Money FM 89.3 from about 5.15 p.m. every Monday, right about this time. Or you can subscribe to hashtag a game of uh, two halves on uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, and like us and give us a rating. Now, back to the second half of our conversation with our ST Sports uh, podcasters, Rohit and uh, Kimberly. Oh, Kim, Sports Singapore announced a new physical distancing measures a few days ago. I mean, can you tell us briefly what they are and, and, and why these uh, were implemented? Sport Singapore introduced these precautionary measures due to the whole coronavirus pandemic. And the main aim of these measures were to increase personal space between users and to minimise gatherings. So some of the main things that they introduced are lane segregations in pools and at running tracks. And then they also practice court segregation, which means that, you know, alternate courts can be used. And they've also tried to limit the number of people who can enter swimming complexes to 250. So, yeah, these are just some of the main things that, that were introduced last week. 
Mm-hmm. So, so mm-hmm. We, you mentioned a pool segregation, so lane segregation. So, so that means if I if I go into the pool and I jump into lane one to do my laps, some nobody is supposed to come to lane two. Is that is that how it works? For pool segregation, um, they've introduced lane ropes so mm-hmm. that they limit. They only allow people to swim the length of the pool because before that, you know, um, people could swim the breadth of the pool as well. They could just crisscross. Mm-hmm. So this is to minimize contact with each other. Yeah, and then they've also allocated certain lanes for specific purposes. For example, for class, and then there's also those who like to do lap swimming, and then just the general, like the rest of the swimmers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that yeah, that's how lane segregation in pools. Mm-hmm. Um, works, yeah. Well, I understand that some of these, uh, there were some issues some of these uh, measures. What, what are some of the issues? Are you aware? Because the whole point of lane segregation is to avoid, uh, is to prevent people from gathering in lanes, right? It's supposed to make sure that there's some sort of distance between individuals. But instead of actually keeping people apart, now that people are limited to certain lanes, it's actually led to more people gathering in those available lanes rather than, you know, keeping them at a certain distance. So, oh, oh, you mean yeah. that the available lanes are more crowded than expected? Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> so I think that's something that maybe it, it, the intention was not was to make sure that there were fewer people in the lanes, but now it's just led to a lot of people sort of crowding in the lanes that are designated for <laughs> use. Okay, okay. Yeah. Well, besides uh, these uh, measures in, in public sports uh, facilities, uh, Kimberly, have there been other developments in, in the local uh, fitness uh, landscape in view of uh, the COVID-19? A lot of the gyms are actually upping their precautionary measures because especially in light of two COVID cases at Virgin Active last week. So after that, Virgin Active closed down the outlet, the Tanjong Paga outlet where the two cases were at. And then for this, and then so other gyms have also been taking measures like, you know, they're taking temperature, they're denying entry to those who are sick or have been issued stay-home notices. And then they're also expressing cleaning equipment more. And then also, you know, now we've seen a change in how people are exercising as well. So a lot of gyms are (laughs) conducting their sessions online. So for example, Fitness First and Boom, you know, they just conducted their first sessions online so that people who are at home can also you know, maintain um, their fitness routine. Yeah. And then also there are people who are exercising from home and relying on apps and YouTube videos to make sure that they still are exercising. Also, there are people who are buying more home equipment and turning to online fitness training. Oh, so I think we'll see a lot more of these virtual <laughs> workouts during this period of time. Okay. Personally, do you think that these are effective for a personal workout regimes at home via apps, etc.? So, yeah, I think some of the people that we spoke to said that, you know, it does, it's different because you're doing it alone. So maybe in a class setting, you have the motivation to continue. But then when you're at home, it really takes a lot of discipline and the feeling is different. So, yeah, it might not be as efficient. I think you need to sort of, people will have to get used to it and there might be some challenges there. <laughs> well, I think we all remains to be seen. And obviously, all of us are hoping that this uh, COVID-19 outbreak can uh, go past us as quickly as possible and life can go back to normal again. Well, yeah. that goes the final whistle for our sports discussion of the week. Really hope that you enjoyed listening to us. Uh, thank you very much uh, for your insights, uh, Rohit Brichnath and also uh, Kimberly Quack. Thank you very much, guys. Yep. Thank, thank you. you. That was an SBH podcast by The Straits Times. 
Find us on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sbh.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times, The Business Times and Money FM 89.3.